Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Here in Acts chapter 2, we are approaching some very thorny territory. Acts chapter 2 deals with speaking in tongues. This is probably the, T-H-E-E, bold, underscore, all caps, the most controversial subject, I think, in the Christian church. And so just let me give you a little disclaimer this morning, if you will. You will probably hear something this morning that is going to offend you. You will hear something this morning that is going to offend the person sitting next to you. Matter of fact, I'm going to say things this morning that's going to offend me. (laughs) So we are equal opportunity offenders this morning. If that's all right, say amen. amen. You know, one preacher said it like this. He said, if you feel offended, then say ouch or amen. I like that. So we approach this topic of speaking in tongues. The reason why we are going to be offended this morning is because everyone has, listen, everybody has their ideas and thoughts and feelings about this topic of speaking in tongues. And this morning, can I ask you to do something? Can I ask you to forget about what you think you know? We've got to be people who say, God, we want your word to speak to us. Father, we want what you have to say to take root in our hearts and to change our hearts, regardless of what we've been taught, regardless of what we think, regardless of what we think we know and what we have learned and understood. Because I have found that, especially as it relates to controversial topics in the scriptures, that what people think that they know, they only know because they heard it from someone else. Don't say amen right there. They only know it because they parrot what they heard. And so, you, well, where'd you get that in the scripture? Well, I don't know. That's what my pastor said. Well, we need to be able to take the word of God and say, this is why I believe what I believe. Because the scriptures teach this. So let me just ask you this morning, if we would, in a very fresh way, just say, God, give us fresh eyes. Father, give us fresh understanding. Lord, we want to approach your word. Come on, pray with me. Lord, we want to approach your word this morning, leaving our preconceived ideas and practices behind. And Lord, we want by your spirit to teach us what the word says. And Lord, may our practice be biblical practice in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agree and said. You see, it was Peter who said... And we'll look at this later. I'm getting like way ahead of myself here. 
But it was Peter who said they started speaking in tongues and people didn't understand and they were confused. And Peter, he said, look at chapter 2, verse 16. Look at chapter 2, verse 16. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but so what? Amen. Chapter 2, verse 16. You see, Peter said this. Now, talking about the Holy Spirit. Peter said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Would you underline that, highlight it, circle it? In other words, Peter says, concerning the gifts of the Spirit, concerning the speaking in tongues, concerning this event that we are about to read about, Peter was saying, listen, they didn't understand it. And Peter says, this is that which was spoken by the the prophet Joel. So Peter is explaining to them, listen, what you see as it relates to these tongues is something that was already spoken of in the Old Testament by the prophet Joel. Peter says, this is that. This is that. Saints, we need to be able to say in the church as we practice our Christianity in the church, we need to be able to say, this is that. Why are you guys doing what you do? Because this is that in the scriptures. This is what's spoken of in the scriptures. And so we've got to begin, and I'm so glad as I was driving in this morning, I was talking to Elvira, and I said, you know, honey, this is a perfect time to be going through the book of Acts as a church. Because here we are 10 years old, and Lord Terry will be, you know, 20 years old, go another 10 years. The church has grown exponentially. The church has grown, and it has been a blessing. Say amen if you know that. And, And it's been a blessing, but we've got to get on one page. As one body and a new church, this is a whole new church, y'all. It's a whole new church. I'm looking around at people I don't know. I, I don't know most of you. You know, I don't know. You look at your neighbor. You don't know them either. I, mean, I know you don't want to know them, but I mean, you know, of course you want to know. But we don't, but we need, <laughs> but we need to get together as one body and get our understanding right. Amen, saints? as what the scripture says. Now, I'm going to give you an outline this morning that we're going to talk about because here we see the birth of the church. And we're going to talk about this morning in our outline in verses 1 through 13, if you're taking notes. The first point of the outline is in verses 1 through 3, and we'll talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 4, we're going to talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then, and then in verses 5 through 13, we're going to talk about the witness of the Holy Spirit. So there's our outline, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, and the witness of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, saints, if you're with me, say amen. amen. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, circle that word, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Notice a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And in verse 4, saints, would you read it with me? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice in verse 1, it tells us it was on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
If you're taking notes, you can write this in your margin. This is the birthday of the church. Oh, we all love birthdays. I love birthdays, especially mine. Amen. You like yours too. It's an exciting time. It's a marked moment in the life of your parents. Well, here we are. We have the birthday of the church. The church is born and celebrates its first birthday. And it was on this day that the Spirit of God empowered the church. The word Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, the word Pentecost, if you're taking notes, means 50 five, zero. Why? Because it was the 50th day after Jesus rose from the grave that he ascended into heaven. It was the 50th day after the Sunday after Passover. Pentecost, stay with me, in the Old Testament, is known as the Feast of Weeks, which marked the completion of the barley harvest. You can read that in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 22. So Pentecost in the Old Testament is known as the Feast of Weeks. Now, it is very interesting. Listen at this. It is very interesting to compare Pentecost from the Old Testament or the Feast of Weeks to Pentecost in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Pentecost celebrates the birth of a nation. In the New Testament, Pentecost celebrates the birth of the church. In the Old Testament, on the very first Pentecost, after the first Passover, get this, 3,000 were slain. In the New Testament, on the very first Pentecost, 3,000 souls were saved. Isn't that interesting? In the Old Testament, Pentecost introduced, was introduced in a mighty way. On a mountain, there was thunder, there was lightning, there was a thick cloud and many signs and wonders. And of course, you know, we just read it here in Acts chapter 2. In the New Testament, there were mighty signs and wonders. A rushing mighty wind that filled the house. Very interesting to see those comparisons. Now, there's three things that I want to point out. When the Holy Spirit came down on the church. Three very interesting manifestations when the Holy Spirit came down. First of all, if you're taking notes, we want to notice in verse 2, there was an audible manifestation. Secondly, there was a visible manifestation in verse 3. And then thirdly, there was a lingual manifestation. We find that in verse 4. So we know, first of all, the coming of the Holy Spirit was audible. The Bible says, suddenly there came a sound. Look at verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now, this was no earthly man-made sound. The sound came suddenly. It didn't give warning like a tornado. We've had the hurricanes that come in, and the meteorologists, they know they can predict where the storm is, and they can predict it's coming with Katrina. They could predict the storm is coming and where, you know, possibly it's going. There, there, there could be a prediction there. But this wasn't like that. You see, there was no warning like a tornado, no, no warning like a hurricane. It didn't hit like an earthquake. It was sudden and without warning. And notice the sound was, look at it again in your Bible, as. See, that's a very big word, Saint. Circle it, highlight it, remember it, circle it. As, these small words that are big words in the scriptures that give us our understanding. 
We want to notice the sound was as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house. Notice it doesn't say it was wind. It was as a rushing mighty wind. In other words, there, there, there wasn't this huge wind that was blowing through the house. You know, you see cartoons. I've seen Bible cartoons and the Holy Spirit came and all of a sudden, you know that one commercial where the speakers are so big, the guy's sitting in a chair and he's like, and he's like blowing and, you know, this wind. And I've seen cartoons like that. The Bible says it was as a rushing. There was nothing blowing. People's hair wasn't blowing. I hate it when my hair blows. It was as, see, there was no blowing. It was as a rushing mighty wind. You see, it sounded like or as if it was a rushing mighty wind. And maybe it sounded like they were standing behind a jet engine at full speed. Or maybe it sounded like one of the rooms at a men's retreat where there's a bunch of snoring men. Now, I know I get in trouble for that. They tell me all the time, I don't want a room with Pastor Rodney. Thus, I always get my own room because I snore really loud. It's as. We don't know what it sounded like. We know that it was as a rushing mighty wind, and the sound filled the whole house. Notice this, saints, where they were sitting. You see that? Circle that and underline it. They were sitting. They weren't running around. They weren't trying to whip themselves into some frenzy. They weren't working themselves up. They weren't laying prostrate. They were sitting and waiting on the Holy Spirit. Sitting and waiting on the Holy Spirit. Why do we think we have to whip ourselves up into a frenzy to receive the Holy Spirit? They were sitting and waiting. You know, it's okay, saints, to sit and wait. It's okay to sit and pray. We have weird ideas about prayer. I was talking to a brother just last week, and he was telling me that he was going into his prayer closet. And he said, Pastor Rodney, I would go into my prayer closet. And I said, what, what do you mean? He said, I go into my prayer closet. Like, I said, like, a real closet? And he said, yeah, I would go into my prayer closet and shut the door behind me. And he said, and I would try to pray, but I, I really couldn't really pray. And, and I, said, I said, dude, you, you don't need the, the Bible, when the Bible says go in your prayer closet, that just means to go quiet and go secret. doesn't mean to go physically in a, in a closet. I said, man, no wonder you couldn't pray. That's scary. I mean, you got all them coats around you and vacuum cleaners and hats and stuff is living in there. You ain't cleaned that thing out in years. No wonder you're scared. I'd be scared too. Well, you don't need to go in a prayer closet if you knew that say amen did y'all know that did y'all know that i said oh my goodness we got a lot of work to do <laughs> but see people got their ideas about prayer man i mean they're you know well, well you know we got to pray a certain way listen it does not matter the position of your body as it relates to prayer what does matter is the position of your heart what's your heart like you can pray anytime. You can pray anywhere. You can pray standing up. I love to pray standing up. I love to pray sitting down. I love to pray lying down. I wake up in the morning. First thing I say is, good morning, Lord. I'm lying down. I don't sit up and sleep. <laughs> don't hang upside down and sleep. I ain't a bat. 
I, but you could pray any way you want. I pray. I love to pray. I pray driving the car with my eyes open, of course. But I, I, and I especially go into prayer in tongues on the 440. I, I'm, I just start. I let it go, man. I got to pray because I got road rage. I mean, you know, I just somebody cut me off. I'm like, whoa, boy, they better be glad I got Pastor Rodney on my car because I'll be. No, pray with my eyes open, pray with my eyes shut. You can pray any way you want. You see, the sound was audible. The coming of the Holy Spirit, point number two, was visible. Notice they were sitting, praying, and waiting, and then appeared cloven tongues as a fire. Now, this has the sense, watch this, this has the sense that there was one entrance of tongues, and then they divided upon each of them in tongues of light. That looked like fire. Notice it doesn't say it was fire. They were not set on fire when the Holy Spirit came. Fire of God. We want the fire of God. <laughs> I want the fire of God. I, I, I don't know. I think of fire. I think of burn up. So, I mean, I, you know, I understand the concept, but... Okay. So the visible presence of God showed up in cloven tongues of fire and set upon them. I mean, imagine the, the, the disciples, they're probably looking at each other and 120 of them, and they see little lights, if you will, setting upon each of their heads. They kind of look like human candles, if you will. That might be the picture. I mean, I say that truthfully, it may be the picture there. So not only was the, the coming of the Holy Spirit audible and visible, but the coming of the Holy Spirit was also lingual. Notice they were sitting, praying, waiting, and then appeared cloven tongues as of fire, and they began conversing fluently in another language. In other words, they started speaking in languages that they had never previously spoken. For example, if I start to speak to you right now, in Spanish or any other language other than English, you will know that this is a gift from the Holy Spirit because I don't speak in another language. I don't know any other languages. I mean, I know a little habla inglés, which means do you speak English? I think I know how to say thank you in some other language. I don't know. But I don't know another language. So if I just start speaking to you in another language fluently, by the way, then you will know that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So the coming of the Holy Spirit we've already established was audible, visual, and it was also lingual. And then notice the coming of the Holy Spirit, or the second point in our outline, the filling of the Holy Spirit. We just read it in verse 4, but you can look at it again. Notice, and they were, look at verse 4, saints, and they were what? All filled with the Holy Spirit. They were what? all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, we can safely assume that if the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, we can safely assume what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Because all means all, and what saints? That's all all means. All? Yeah, all. 120? Yeah. 
And Mary, the mother of Jesus, was also filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues? Yes. And we talked about that last week. So they were all filled with the Spirit, all of them. And all of them began to speak in glossalia. Tongues is the Greek word there. As they spoke and they gave, the Spirit gave them utterance. Did you notice that? The Spirit gave them utterance. They're not speaking with their understanding. They're not speaking with their intellect. They are speaking as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, listen to me. Give me your attention. For many years as a Christian, I told you guys I grew up in Catholic school. My mom sent us to Catholic school, and I grew up in Catholic school, and I had that understanding. And then I had many years away from God, church, and anything else. When I became 21 years old, I got saved, January 23rd, 1982. And when I got saved, I went to a church known as a Pentecostal Holiness Church. I went to a Kojic church, what they call Church of God in Christ. And I thank God for the Church of God in Christ because a brother who led me to the Lord went to that church. And I remember his name 23 years ago. His name was Thomas. And Thomas led me to the Lord. And I'm thankful for Thomas. But when I went to that church, unfortunately, I learned a lot of things, unfortunately, that, that, that were not good and they were not biblical. And one of the things that I learned early on in my Christianity, I was taught that the evidence, listen, that the evidence of being filled with the Spirit was speaking in tongues. Is there anybody else who had been taught that? In other words, if you are, that's many of you, in other words, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are truly born again, then that filling will be evidenced or displayed by you speaking in tongues. Now, for many, many years, I felt like half a Christian at best because I don't have the gift of tongues. God has not given me the gift of tongues. There are many gifts in the scriptures. You can look them up for yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. There are many gifts in the Holy Spirit. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Holy Spirit gives these gifts to whomever he chooses. And you are not the one to choose the gift that you want. Now, so I had never spoken tongues because I had never been given the gift of tongues. Now, don't misunderstand me. I have always wanted to speak in tongues, even today, because sometimes, you see, tongues is praise to God. We'll talk about it in just a second. But sometime when we're singing and worshiping God like we were today, I'm going to rise up and call myself blessed. Sometime when I'm singing and worshiping God, sometime I just want to cry out to God and I want to worship God and I just want to start speaking in tongues because I want to tell him more. Because thank you just doesn't seem like enough. Have you ever been in a place where you're just worshiping God and thank you just seems so benign? You know, God's been so good in all you, and thank you. <laughs> and at the same time, that's all he really wants. But I've been in that place where I wanted to worship God at a higher level. And I wanted to speak in tongues just so I could praise him more. But I had never been given that gift. God has not given me the gift of tongues. And so for many years, because I have been taught that if you are born again and if you are truly a Christian, then you will evidence that will be evidenced by you speaking in tongues. Listen, the Bible is very, very clear that speaking in tongues is a gift of the spirit and, and evidence of filling of the spirit, 
but is not the evidence of the Spirit. And the Bible is clear about that. There are many gifts, but the Spirit and the gift of tongues is, is one of many gifts. So is the gift of tongues an evidence of speaking, uh, of being filled with the Spirit? Absolutely. But is it the evidence of speaking or, or being filled with the Spirit? No. You see, the Bible is very, very clear that the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is love. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and I have not love, it profits me nothing. Galatians chapter 5 says what? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Jesus told the disciples, they will know that you are my disciples by your And I have seen people who have spoken in tongues and who have been, you know, in services where speaking in tongues and, you know, going on and that kind of thing. When the service is over, those same people, they walk right by you and don't even speak to you. It's like, wait a minute now, what happened to all that spirituality? Oh, you got up and spoke in tongues and, and, and you prophesied. Walk right by you in church. Mm. I don't even like you. Where's that come from? Now, people, now understand something. People who believe that the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is speaking in tongues, when you believe that, listen, you will do whatever you need to do to get people to speak. When you believe that, churches will do whatever they need. We have all been in services where they were making people speak in tongues. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.